0: Week 12 just happened. We are officially now in what I'm going to call the third phase of the season. It's not just playoffs. It starts with these last few games before the playoffs. If I was going to say, like off the top of my head, who won the first phase of the season, I'd probably say it was Radke. He did start 5-0, but the second phase is where it gets tricky. It's tempting to say Justin or Taylor because they emerge in a three-way tie for first place, but they've both just been scrapping pretty consistently all season. It's also tempting to say it was Ryan who won the second phase because after starting one and five, he's gone five and one. But I'm going to be humble and say it was actually me. I won the second phase, the commish. I did get hot and I won five straight. And I also did lose two during that stretch. Although it's not just about the wins, I think it was how I was winning. Multiple games over 200 points, every player in the roster going off. It felt good, it felt right. But something happened, fucking injuries happened. Or maybe Taylor jinxed me by posting that poll accusing me of cheating. I mean, my team has completely unraveled since then. Maybe not completely unraveled, but I'm like a wounded bear. I was eating too many picnic baskets and I took a few gunshots to the hamstring. I'm not dead, but I'm bleeding. I'm still very hungry, but now we enter phase three of the season, and this shit is pretty wide open. I think a dark horse is emerging as a late season threat, and I will reveal this later. By the way, if you guys notice, I'm trying to say fuck less. I got some complaints on Twitter from fans in the Tennessee area that they think I cuss too much, so I'm going to try to say fuck less and say boner more. Speaking of boners... Ryan is the guest today. At the draft, he discussed the possibility that during this mandatory interview, he may just deflect every question like Marshawn Lynch, only to fulfill his obligation and avoid league fines. We'll find out in a minute if he really takes me up. But for right now, let's jump into last week's highlights. Cousin Fuckers versus the team of Zeros. Both these teams were 5-6 and six going into the matchup. The defending champ was up against the ex-defending champs. Cousin fuckers finally able to stay healthy for a few weeks in a row, maybe a little foreshadowing there. Jamie had to witness his team lose on Thanksgiving, the Cowboys, but Dak Prescott, he still gave him 34 points. Tom Brady led the Bucs to victory, but it was all the rushing game. Brady had only 15. Jamie also got 23 from Josh Jacobs, 16 from James Robinson. No C.D. Lamb this week. Jamison Crowder jumps in and he scores one fucking point fuck. I said fuck. Jamison Crowder jumps in and scores one boner point. Tight end Dan Arnold, one point. Cordero Patterson puts up 34 points, but he's on Jamie's bench. Apparently, he couldn't get moved prior to kickoff, and Jamie is forced to leave him on the bench. Word on the streets, that also happened to the opposing team. Bunis and Tim left the Miami defense on the bench. They wanted to get him in, and it wouldn't move before the kickoff. This just goes out to the entire league. If this happens again to anyone, screenshot that shit, declare it on the WhatsApp thread. I will manually put a dude in if this truly happens before kickoff. So, but anyways, cousin fuckers after fucking cousins on back-to-back weeks. They get fucked this week. Christian McCaffrey, five points. George Kittle, two points. They left a lot on the bench too, but that's the real story here. Two and five from CMC and GK. Final score here, 107-2. 98 jamie improves to six and six bunis and tim not only fall to five and seven turns out mccaffrey hurt his ankle and he's done for the season a massive full speed kick to the nutsack victory formation and buffalo expectations justin was eight and three going into the matchup tyreek hill not playing this week Andrew and Pollock had no DeAndre Hopkins. Andrew and Pollock needed this win to keep playoff hopes alive. They got to get scrappy here. They had a couple duds in their lineup, though. Aaron Jones, three points. Darren Waller, five points. They were led by Austin Eckler with 23, Darrell Mooney, 18, Michael Gallup, 16, 21 from kicker Nick Folk. Justin, he came out firing on Thanksgiving with 18 from Dawson Knox. That would unfortunately be though, his leading score. His early boner deflated like a popped balloon. Tony Jones, four points. Chris Godwin, four points. Two points from the Minnesota kicker. Three from Cowboys defense. Justin threw down quite possibly the lowest points of anyone this season. Andrew and Pollock win this one 135 to 77. They tie the all-time series five to five. And they improve to six and six. Justin is eight and four. Old Dirty Bastards versus the Mazel Tov Cocktails. For as much as I've always given Chris credit for winning a lot this season, this season has got to be a tough one for Chris. Going into the game 5-6, and six, this could have been an opportunity to take advantage of my weaknesses. At one point this season, I was starting Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, and James Conner. And A.J. Brown. Seems kind of crazy. But this week, two were on the IR, three were on the IR, one was on bye. I had to stream all three running backs this week. Ty Johnson from the New York Jets, Matt Breda from the Bills, Dontrell Hilliard. Dontrell's kind of a dope name if you think about it. Chris started New England running back Stevenson over Damian Harris. Damian Harris had 14 on the bench, 6 for Stevenson. That's kind of the year it's been for Chris, though, for real. Uh, Sorry, Chris, man. Stafford showed up. He throws down 33. But Josh Allen showed up for me, and he threw down 39. Only 6 from Ty Johnson, though. 14 from Matt Breda. I had a feeling he was going to find the end zone. Watching him play in Buffalo, he's a good fit for that offense. 29 from Dontrell Hilliard. That was huge and probably the key to victory for me. Only 2 from fucking DK Metcalf. That's going to need to change. Seahawks cannot fucking... Seahawks are stupid if they're not giving him the fucking ball. Anyways, I escaped this matchup with a rare victory for me against Chris. 132-103. 132-103. to 103. He still leads the series, though, 7-2. Two. two scoops of Herbert versus the Moose Knucklers. Things have just not been going Shane's way this season. Just the intangible little shit. I'll get back to that in a second. Ryan was led by Hunter Renfro, 22 points. Also, 19 points from Devontae Adams, 18 from Ezekiel Elliott, 12 from Tyler Lockett, 7 from Cam Newton didn't help. Honestly, just not the overall best performance here by Ryan. Shane was led by Justin Herbert, 29 points. Adam Thielen, 23 points. 16 from Dalvin Cook. Here's where the intangible little shit starts piling up for Shane. Dalvin Cook left the game early after dislocating his shoulder. Najee Harris had his worst game of the season, 7 points. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was on bye. If all three of those things didn't happen in the same week, there's a good chance Shane walks away with the victory here. Final score, though, Ryan 115, Shane 101. Shane drops to 2 and 10. Ryan improves to 6 and 6. Mob Debo versus the Gronks of Wrath. Taylor 7 and 4 going in this matchup. Adam 6 and 5. If Adam wins this game, they both end up 7 and 5. This was a high-scoring matchup. A fair amount of duds this week throughout the league, but quite a few solid performances in this matchup. Starting with Adam, he gets 42 points from Joe Mixon. 24 from Debo Samuel, 21 from Miles Gaskin, 14 from Firmouf, 20 from Joe Burrow. I think that's the best QB performance he's had as a solo manager. Looking across the trenches, Taylor might have been naked, but he wasn't vulnerable. He gets 22 from Odell Beckham Jr., 20 from Gronk, 20 from Stephon Diggs, only 16 from Lamar Jackson. Where you at, Lamar? But 51 points from Leonard, four tutties, four net and even 21 from the Raiders kicker, Carlson. This is all too much for Adam to overcome. He sees Taylor naked, but it's Taylor that does the climaxing here. 180 to 157 final score. Danimals vs. Riot Punch. This turned out to be the best game of the week. It was the highest scoring, and it was fucking close. It came down to Monday Night Football, but here's how it got to that point. On on Thanksgiving Day, DeAndre Swift, he gets fucked up and leaves the game and scores only three points. Cedric Wilson, he falls in for CeeDee Lamb and scores 18 for Radke. Pretty balanced scoring attack for Radke here. 30 from Mac Jones, 23 from A.J. Dillon, 13 from Hollywood Brown, 16 from Mark Andrews, 13 from Melvin Gordon, 15 from the Patriots D. DeBoe, on the other hand, was led by his recent trade acquisition, Elijah Mitchell, 36 points, 34 from AR-12, 29 from Jalen Waddell, 23 from Jonathan Taylor, 15 from Dalton Schultz, only 6 from Jamar Chase. But Joe, he blows his entire load here by Sunday night. He sets the bar at 178. Radke had Antonio Gibson playing in Monday Night Football, and he needed to score 36 points to give Radke the win. That's a pretty high number. It's not easily attainable. I'm already tuned into this game because I'm wondering what the fuck is going on with D.K. Metcalf. As the fourth quarter starts to wind down, I see Antonio Gibson going off, and I realize this game is not over. I mean, the fantasy game. But another TD, and Gibson steals it from DeBoe. Gibson had a 50-yard run come back because of holding. If Radke was watching this game, 100%, he's yelling at the TV. The Washington football team, they keep marching down the field. It's fourth and four. They could put the game away with a field goal. But what? What? They go for it on fourth and four. And they fucking get it. And they keep handing off the ball to Antonio Gibson after this. And he's like shoestring away from breaking in the end zone. But somehow... They end up fourth and goal. But this this has got to be a field goal, right? They're not fucking going to risk the game over trying to punch in the end zone. But no, they fucking go for it. They don't get it. Somehow Debo holds off Radke here, 178 to 173. Radke is less likely to win in a high-scoring game. I think we've learned. What usually happens is he holds his opponents to the low hundreds or even under 100 to get a win but this week a lot of points on the board debo gets the fucking win he improves to 5 and 7 moves out of that 11th place sitting one game away from the playoff push raggie 8 and 4 remains tied for first place times hard try to the credit, but can't claim the card show we're not in videos saying they star shit like that make your mama cry but watch the way you spend it, cuz the stakes is high you know the stakes is high we can deal it with that This call nope. is being recorded. Ryan fucking camp. What's up dude? What's up? <laughs> How's your evening going? Good. How's your Thanksgiving? <clears throat> it was good. It was good. My first Thanksgiving away from home and uh I had pizza. But it was it was it was pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what about you? Uh, traditional Thanksgiving?
1: Yep. Watch the Cowboys lose.
0: So. <laughs> oh shit. Speaking of traditions, um oh,
1: seriously. It's horrible.
0: Dude, so is this a true statement of, of anyone in the league you are least likely to enjoy doing this 10-minute phone interview? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling, and no, yet no, like here it. you are. You're fulfilling your league obligations to speak to the media like a like a trooper.
1: Yep, so I don't get fined.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd also say you're the most like Marshawn Lynch, which I think is a compliment if white boys could in any way be like Marshawn Lynch.
1: yep except i'm not a big fan of skittles
0: i mean what would be your candy
1: oh Snickers, absolutely
0: nice nice well dude so now you're six and six but earlier this season you're sitting there at one and five were you starting to get nervous you might get stuck with that last place punishment oh fuck yes (laughs) i was just
1: planning not to get last place but i gotta i gotta think shane i guess
0: like, that's that's a whole other discussion. I don't even know how how he ends up 2-10. and ten. Earlier this season, um, I went on one of my rants, and I joked on this podcast that because you were 1-5, you got kicked out of the house, and Christy wouldn't let you back in until you won another fantasy game. That didn't really happen, right? <laughs> it, it may have. <laughs> I'm
1: back, though. I started no, I was, again.
0: Dude, I was going to say, you've been on, like, a rampage since then. You've been 5-1 and one since then. Are By you having, yeah. yeah, like five and one exactly. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, you started one and five, and then since then, if you, like, cut it in half, you're five and one.
1: Yep, but it's not looking bright right now. I don't have a single quarterback. And just like <sighs> you, injuries and COVIDs are kicking my ass.
0: Dude, seriously. So, I mean, I was going to say, like, are you starting to have any flashbacks to 2018? That whole legendary run? <laughs>
1: I think I had a little more confidence back in 2018. I got, like I said, no quarterback, and my wide receivers are either dealing with injuries, COVID, or Russell Wilson is just sucking dick.
0: Man, I don't even know what the fuck is up with that. I just made a trade to get DK Metcalf, and he caught one pass yesterday. I'm kind of shitting my pants right now. I I hope that's about to change.
1: Let's hope not. I'd prefer them to go to Lockett.
0: (laughs) I figured you'd say some shit like that. Um, but, dude, so that year you won the league. You started off actually 1-6, which is, like, worse than you started this year. And then you won a ton of games. You got the seven seed. You beat Taylor in the championship. You still have Ezekiel Elliott since then, but the rest of your team looks different. Who would you say is the best player on your team right now?
1: Oh, by far, Devontae Adams.
0: That seems pretty safe. Uh, what's the player that drives you crazy the most?
1: Uh, probably Zeke. Up and down. Or uh, my running back Sanders, who's been injured, or Billy has just decided not to run the ball with him.
0: Yeah, I don't get that shit either. I was thinking you might say Tannehill. I still don't understand how Tannehill kind of like he should be way better, but every week it'd be like he'll get he'll get over it next week, and it's like he's just kind of average. But I saw that you dropped him. Yep.
1: Yeah, as so as you're done. He's with a free that. agent, so
0: nice, nice, dude. This week. You get Amari Cooper back from COVID, it looks like, right?
1: That's what I thought. Uh, I just heard today that he's still dealing with effects from COVID, so there's a possibility he may not play.
0: Oh, Jesus. Well, talk about getting fucked by injuries, right? I mean, I guess I see why you're not feeling those 2018 vibes right now, but you also got Devontae Adams on by, no quarterback. I'm sure you're going to stream somebody, obviously, but going up against Taylor, who's 8-4, and four, tied for first in the league and fully healthy. But, I mean, do you have a game plan on how to beat him?
1: Not really. I got a game plan around uh, a quarterback first and then uh, see how it plays out with my receivers and who I'll pick up on the, on the free agent wire. And, uh, yeah. obviously, I just need uh, Taylor to have another 2018 game.
0: Dude, seriously. So, I, I look back at that run in 2018 – and you, so you won like five of your last six games of the regular season. And the one loss that you had right before the playoffs was to Taylor and you end up playing him again in the championship and beating him. But so basically, I mean, if you lose to him this week, you might as well just pencil yourself in as the champion for this year. I mean, if history is going to so. repeat itself.
1: <laughs> Although, uh, I don't have a, enough points scored. If I lose this week, there's a pretty good chance that does it for me. So unless, uh,
0: yeah like that tiebreaker for points so i mean it's gonna be a little log jam i mean there's gonna be like four or five teams probably like right at that tiebreaker spot and week 14 you're going up against adam and he might be in the same shoes as you you guys most both might be like six and seven or uh going to that game and the winner might get in so that week 14 could be nuts Shit, i don't nuggets. know where
1: the fuck joke came from what the hell
0: Dude, seriously. Season was done
1: with, and all of a sudden he's kicking ass, and I think he's got the second most points scored in the league now behind you.
0: I, I noticed that, and it's, like, I mean, he just got hit with injuries, and I think we kind of wrote him off. Like, it like, yeah, like, he's, he's not going to come back from that. And he's had a lot of points in the last few games, and he's just, like, right there. Like, he's knocking on the door. If, if he wins this week, then he, that – Four or five-team logjam for the last playoff spot is about to get maybe six teams. It, it could be nuts. It could be nuts. That's a good point.
1: Yep, it's getting crazy. Are we playing an extra week this year too?
0: Yeah, yeah. So so week 14 is the last regular season game, and that's also the last bye week game. And so week 15 is the first round of the playoffs, and no more bye weeks after that. What's kind of crazy this year is if you're not in the playoffs, then you get to battle it out for – $250 still, kind of like the the loser's bracket just got really legit this year.
1: Yep. If, if I make it into the, the loser's bracket, uh, I'll be happy about that. If if not, I was not the one for that. That's fair.
0: That's fair. I also did not vote for that, but it's like majority kind of ruled on that one. Dude, so would you rather have the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl or you win the league in fantasy?
1: Cowboys in the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, it's been a while, right? I mean, it's been like the yeah. 90s.
1: Yeah, rub it in, rub it in. Well, uh,
0: I guess when was the last time Buffalo won the Super Bowl? Yeah, this uh, never. Like <laughs> last time we sniffed it was when the Cowboys shit all over us. So, <laughs>
1: how many years in a row?
0: Well, you know, uh, just saying it, you know, gives me some PTSD. But you know, it's it's four. So, um, 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 um who's going to win the league this year? If you had to put a hundred dollars on it. <sighs>
1: Depends, depends when uh if uh Henry comes back or not. I I would probably put my money on you.
0: I feel like he's Kamara not gonna, coming back this week. He's supposed to come back. He's supposed to come back. I'm if Kamara doesn't come back healthy this week, I'm in trouble. Well, listen, hell, if Lillard
1: plays as he did last week, you're you're still good.
0: Dude, I've been scrapping, just getting lucky, just scrounging for fucking whatever. I I don't even know, man. I. I hope that I can keep scrapping away. But say hypothetically, I just get, like, fucked by injuries. Who's the who's the other team that's, like, looking like, damn, they're going to be tough to beat?
1: I think if Joe can make it in, I think he's going to be a tough one to beat. I think he's got a pretty dang good team.
0: Dude, you know what? I like that you said that because, th- like, this league, honestly, it's almost like three seasons. There's the first season – in the beginning where you were like one and five and then there's like the mid season, you just went five and one, but now like going to playoffs, if you can get hot during this last season, that's, that's kind of all that matters. And yeah, Joe's looking a little bit scary. And I, when I made that trade, there's people like, Oh, what the fuck, Kevin? Like, like you're getting DK Metcalf for Elijah Mitchell and some trashy tight end. But I would take that trade back right now. If I could, (laughs) it's crazy. It is. It is crazy. What else? Uh, is there any rule changes or anything that you you can think of that would make the league better next year? Like anything that's been like on your mind, or you're just
1: nope. Just that uh, I think we should reevaluate the the losers bracket and getting any money. I think okay. If
0: anything it should just go to the top
1: three. But that would be my only
0: two cents. So then what, with all the extra money, like maybe just high points was a better way to spend it?
1: I have no idea, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it was Jamie's idea of putting it in, uh, or maybe it was Hova's idea, putting in the oh. crypto would have been a good idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? I think that was Hova. I know, right? Like, I mean, it just, we got to flesh that one out some more because... We never figured out, like, what to do from there. Like, if we keep putting it in there, that pot could get really big. And then, we're like, what the hell do we do with it?
1: Yep. I also thought the the dynasty or like, after five years, whoever has the, the most wins or something.
0: Yeah, that should definitely be explored. I mean, that's – if you just win on that fifth year, that doesn't really, like, mean anything. You just got lucky in that fifth year. But if, like, you got the most wins over that stretch of time, that says a lot. I mean, shit, Radke would probably win at this point. He's been – winning the most over the last three years. Maybe we should go off well, play win. Shit. Well <laughs> I I would never smell that money then. Well all right, bro. Thanks for the time. I hope the family's well. I'm glad you're back in the house living at home. But uh I guess we'll see how these next few weeks play out. Maybe history will repeat itself and we're gonna see you drinking beer out of that trophy again. Yep, I gotta take that back from Jamie. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll uh we'll definitely clean it up real heavily heavily sanitized, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, man. Well, have a good, good night. Talking night. Good talking to you. The wonder where we live the anything to get the electrify, even die for the cash for last even the book This issue was closed like an we get to the next All right. All right. Good shit from Ryan right there. Let's take a look ahead of what's in store for us in week 13. (laughs) Mazel tov cocktails. First victory formation. Well, here it is. Big time matchup. Second time playing this season. In week two, I won big 192 to 120 Derrick Henry had 61 points for me in this game. He's going to have zero this time around. Also, this time around, I will be relying heavily on Alvin Kamara coming back strong from injury. Justin will have to stream a running back here, but he does have Tyreek Hill coming back from bye week. Favorable matchup for Justin with Jalen Hurts going against the Jets. His strong wide receiver trio could be in full effect here. Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin, and Tyreek Hill. Hopefully, I get Metcalf to catch a fucking ball or two. Uh, with the win here, I have a chance to compete for the number one seed at 8-5, and five, a loss, and 7-6 and six puts me in a vulnerable spot. My odds of playoffs are still 100%, but I could easily fall to the seven seed, which actually might be good, who the fuck knows. I know Justin did not forget the beatdown from week two, so I anticipate Justin to launch an assault directly at my kidneys. Moose Knucklers, first Gronks of Wrath. We touched on this already. Ryan might be heavily undermanned in this matchup with not just Devontae Adams out, but now it looks like Amari Cooper will be out as well. Finding a solid streaming wide receiver and quarterback that's going to go off will be huge. Getting solid performances out of Ezekiel Elliott, Miles Sanders will also be key. Taylor looks prepped to dominate in this one, but stranger things have happened. Taylor could trip over his own boner or get his boner slammed into a car door. You just never fucking know. ESPN is currently giving Ryan a 15% chance at making the playoffs. He's going to have to channel those 2018 vibes to make shit happen. Riot Punch versus Two Scoops of Herbert. No A.J. Dillon this week for Radke. That's good news for Shane. Unfortunately for Shane, Dalvin Cook is dealing with injury, so he's out. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be back on the field. And Maggie Harris couldn't possibly play worse than he did last week. So Shane might be overdue to launch a massive boner into Radke's tender areas. Radke won earlier this season, 132 to 118. If Shane plays the spoiler, the hunt for the number one seed will definitely get more interesting. (laughs) Buffalo expectations versus Mob Debo. This is going to be a gritty matchup. Both squads, six and six. Andrew and Pollock will be without Aaron Jones and Darren Waller. No Debo Samuel for Adam. The real X factor in this game, well, it's not really an X factor. It could be the deciding factor. Adam has been holding on to Alexander Madison, and it looks like that's about to pay off for him. Buffalo expectations won big time earlier this year, 184 to 135. ESPN giving Andrew and Pollock a 70% chance of making the playoffs. Adam is at 87%. This is just a big-time matchup. This game will likely come down to boners, and measured in boner size, girth, as well as length, will both be important factors. Cousin Fuckers vs. Danimals With Christian McCaffrey done for the season, playoff hopes are decreasing and dwindling for Bunis and Tim. ESPN gives them a 22% chance. They're going to have to pull a trick from their sleeve or their butthole. Debo has been surging, but this week he's without DeAndre Swift and Aaron Rodgers. He's going to have to stream a solid quarterback or at the very least get a huge game from his kicker. ESPN gives Debo a 31% chance of playoffs. This could be a make-or-break game for both these squads big time implications old dirty bastards versus jamie espn might only be giving chris a seven percent chance of making the playoffs but that won't stop chris at all from running full speed into jamie's face chris dominated jamie in week two 156 to 99 i fully believe chris will be trying to pull that shit off again jamie has a 67 percent chance of making the playoffs this week jamie will be getting cordero patterson and cd lamb back Jamie leads a series 5-4. to four. I anticipate another game that could come down to boners. Well, you heard it, gentlemen. We'll see who's going to merge as playoff teams and championship contenders this week. I told you earlier, I think a dark horse is emerging as a contender. Ryan touched on it, and maybe you guys have noticed as well. DeBoe is slowly crawled out of the dungeon. He's sitting one game out of the playoff hunt. He's scoring a lot of points. He's got pieces coming together at the right time. That's what this last phase of the season is about. History has taught us this. I'm disappointed to say no segment from Jeff Webb this week. It's quite possible that he honey-dicked us. He gave us a boner on false pretenses. I've made an effort to say fuck less and boner more in this episode. Hopefully we can continue growing our audience and appeal more to the country of Costa Rica. Next week, I'm getting interviewed by Taylor. I'm not sure what to anticipate I don't think he's going to beat around the bush on things. It should make for an entertaining little segment. But all right, though, week 13. Good luck this week. Shake your wieners around and see what happens. Kamish out.